Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach, and mentor. And each week, my friends and I talk to some amazing people about their adventures in property. This week, I'm talking to Josh Cole. Josh and his wife, Amber, have only been investing in property as a business for a few months, but you honestly won't believe what they've managed to achieve in this short period of time and in the most challenging market conditions. Like so many of the people that I'm lucky enough to speak to on this podcast, Josh and Amber have simply refused to make excuses and have been totally single-minded in their commitment to making this work. In this episode, we talk about building relationships and creating a power team, investing successfully as a couple, and how important it is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Without further ado, let's hear from Josh Cole. Morning, Josh. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm very well, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Now, I've been really looking forward to uh, to having a chat with you. This is actually something, in a sense, a little bit different for us because you guys have, in the grand scheme of things, not been at this that long. Um, but I know you've been absolutely smashing it, which is why I've been wanting to to catch up with you this morning. And um, from what I can gather, you've you've done six buy to let deals in six months since getting started in well sort of tail end of last year but but first offer accepted in february wasn't it yeah that's absolutely correct um i have to say when you when you say it like that (laughs) just as numbers and time it does sound a bit insane but um no we're really pleased with how it's been going and uh yeah we started going up to our investment area in uh in december making our first offers then our first accept was in was in february and uh yeah we've had a few more since since that point so the buy to let portfolio is is going in the direction we'd like it to so far fantastic and this is in i guess in a sense the depths of lockdown you know really tricky investment conditions out there at the moment the market is um has has a lot of challenges so how have you found these deals? What 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 have you been doing to sort of because I know you know there's a lot of people out there that see the current market conditions as a barrier to them getting started, but obviously you guys have have, have started your investment journey during the pandemic and have managed to scale to six properties within a very short period of time. So how have you gone about doing that, and how have you sort of um, uncovered those deals? Yeah, hundred hundred percent. You know, I was on I was on Instagram this morning, and it's uh, something that I follow. Was I think the headline was is is below market value dead? You know, and I, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people out there feeling like that. That even properties that require substantial works are going for you know full market value, if if not above uh, currently. So yeah, even when we went back in December. Things things were already hot, and I remember every agent that I called uh, was was only talking about how buoyant the market was, and that was before we got into the full frenzy that we're definitely in now. Uh, so a few things I would say we we seem to have picked a good area that has worked really really well for us for several reasons: um, huge supply relative to other areas. I've, I mean, I've heard there was more in the past, but certainly currently relative to other areas big supply of cheap boarded up properties that require substantial works where there's plenty of value to to add um and 
yes, if it's an auction, that kind of property will still go for silly money. But if you're consistent enough and if you have a good follow-up process and if you turn up to our area uh, enough times and get embedded there and make the connections for the off-market opportunities, you can get that kind of property that, that you need for the kind of price that you need. But you're just going to have to do a lot of sifting and you're going to have to be consistent and you're going to have to network quite relentlessly but we've been doing that since since december and 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 that's really helped that's fantastic yeah so the supply it's interesting the first thing that you brought up there was the supply because mm -hmm. presumably finding an area where there is a good supply of rundown property that you can have value to reduces the competition right that that's the that's that's the main sort of draw for you to that area yeah, it was, I mean, we, we looked at several different places. I remember over over December, uh, I think on our first investment trip, it wasn't to one area, it was to multiple areas across the Northwest. Always not just backing, backing that up as in that physical touring process with right move searches as well and just comparing, you know, if we search for under this amount, how many properties come up if we search for under this amount, how many properties come up, how quickly are they moving? And we probably checked out about four or five different areas in a kind of 40 mile radius until we fixated on the one that we're now settled and, and established in. And it definitely just makes things that, that little bit easier. There's plenty of competition. There's a lot of established investors there, especially big companies just buying everything up at a certain price point. But because the supply is there, because the kind of house that, that we want to buy is there, it seems to be working for us. Fantastic. And have you been achieving the kind of ROIs that you're that you ideally would like? So what have the, what have the numbers looked like on, on some of these deals you've been doing in the last few months? Yeah, so I would say that um, the first our first deal was is probably still going to be a pretty high return on investment but just not as high as we thought it was we got that for 39999 um i was very green at this point so i could tell that the property was damp i probably couldn't tell that every single timber <laughs> in okay. the in the floor uh, of the ground floor needed to be replaced so these are the things these are the things we learn yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that will be a good return on investment and i'm being i am being helped by by the the rapidly growing market uh, as well in terms yeah. of the growth in the prices so that property is going to revalue for a lot higher than i initially imagined it would do but there's Great. going to be some some substantial works there as well so i can't pin it down because i don't know what the revaluation is is going to be in the end but it's probably yeah. going to be 50 to 33% roi fantastic um, on on that first property we've we've done deals since that point where maybe they haven't been as good so they've been maybe 25 <clears throat> excuse me to 33% ROI. Um, it depends what you're looking to do, doesn't it? We yeah. we want to get in. We want to scale. We believe based on our research, and I hope we're not being complacent, but we believe we're at a certain point in the property cycle where prices are actually going to continue to boom along, hopefully for another two to three years. There will be a correction. There always is. But 
based on my reading and the people I follow and the ideas and theories I follow, I'm hoping it's got quite a way to run. So what's important to us right now is to get in and to scale. Uh, having said that, and, and we were talking about this earlier, the most recent deal we've done is is probably going to be somewhere in the range of 15 to 100% ROI, which yeah. I'd love to talk about, of course. Um, yeah. but, but there was a lot of different factors in play with that opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we'll certainly come back to that deal because I definitely want to hear all about that. It sounds like a fantastic uh, opportunity. But let's just rewind the clock a little bit. And mm -hmm. um, it would be great to understand a little bit about your background. I know you invest with your wife, Amber, and Absolutely. it would be good to sort of understand why property, how you guys got involved in the property game and, mm -hmm. um, and, and where you were, what life was like before before you started investing. Yeah, so I'll I'll try and uh, stick to the main headlines. Amber and I met back when we were 19 at Durham University. Uh, she is from the South Coast. I'm from the Northwest. She got a fantastic job in a consumer finance company uh, not long after we, we graduated. And uh, I didn't have much to really counter with. So the move down to the South Coast where she had this job <laughs> was inevitable. <laughs> at that point um so yeah we moved down to uh the central south coast together and that was an amazing time um i eventually got a job in teaching and it was just real work hard play hard we had a place in the center of of bournemouth we were doing long hours but we'd go straight out in in the evening and we were just really enjoying building up our careers basically competing with one another to see uh where we could get to uh i was always losing always losing <laughs> you know uh, i think i got a promotion every couple of years amber seemed to be getting one every every two months <laughs> um but it was great it was a great time um so she worked her way from a researcher, really the bottom rung of the executive ladder at, at that consumer finance company. She was not on a lot of money at all, but she worked her way up. She became a director. She was ultimately given equity and, and, and shares in the company. Um, so she was doing fantastically well. And she's just, you know, we, we talk a lot about mentors and having some people around you who can advise and help push you on. Well, I had one in my house every day. You know, she's she's a superstar. Um, so I, I tried to emulate that through my teaching career. And I became I'm a, I was a mass teacher and I became a deputy head of mass and then a head of mass at, at two adjacent failing schools. Uh, and that was an amazing uh, time. I spent two years really turning around the results at these failing schools that weren't serving the community um and while all of that was was happening so in in 2017 i believe it, no it was 2018 that's right amber's company that she had been given equity in uh went public so it was it was listed on on the stock market and um that meant that basically overnight we were given a substantial amount of of money um, through through the value of those shares that Amber had. Some of that immediately went back into the business. She was asked to do that, and we thought that that made perfect sense, so that was reinvested. Uh, some of it we used to buy our house um, outright. We, we did have a sort of private mortgage on it, and then the rest went in to the kitty, basically. So, so yeah, it was very lucky for us. Uh, it put us in a very privileged 
position. We had no idea what, what to do with it. Um, and we had no idea about good debt, bad debt, investing. So we carried on working and we and we just carried on doing what we were doing until 2021. Yeah. Well, sounds sounds like um, sounds like a, a really interesting journey to that point um, of, of taking the leap to get involved in property. And what was it that that gave you the push to do that? So, you know, from listening to you there, life is good. You know, careers are booming. What what was it that made you think, actually, this is something that we we really want to get into? And, and, and how did that sort of come about? Yeah, so it was. Um... Like any really big radical change, uh, I would probably say it was a number of factors coming together at, at once. So Amber still absolutely loving her job. Um, you, you know, she's working on something incredibly complex at the moment for one of the companies, big legal defense. And I can't even imagine where, where she's even starting with it, but she's doing it. She's loving it. So still very much enjoying her job. Um but my time was probably changing a bit. I was, yeah. I was getting, I was getting paid great money, great money to run these two mass departments, and I had a real sense of mission. But for both years that I was there, we didn't have a final product. You know, we didn't yeah. have results because this was, <laughs> this was in the depths of the pandemic. So twenty twenty, no results. Twenty twenty one, no, no results to show for the huge gains that we'd made in those departments i was i was tired i was i was worn out um huge progress had been made but there wasn't there wasn't that final thing to show for it yeah um at the same time amber had learned about property had been wondering for some time what we were going to do with this money i mean it's almost a it feels like a moral obligation doesn't it when you yeah. when you these things arrive on your doorstep what are you going to do with it to grow it and to invest it Something else arrived, which was our amazing son Jet, and he <laughs> he he turned up in in February 2020. That always puts things in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I think I think the real turning point for me was um, I would sometimes I would get up at three four in the morning to to do hours of work before going into work. Then I would work a 10, 11 hour day. Then I would come home. I would take Jet from Amber, which is absolutely right. She she would have been with him all day at that time. And I would look after Jet for, for two, three hours. And then I would go back to the desk and I would do another, you know, three to four hours of work. And I probably did that for a good 18 months. And um, I didn't, I didn't look great. <laughs> 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 when one person tells you you look a bit tired, you know you you can sort of shrug it off. But when every single person you know yeah. is saying you start to feel it, <laughs> <laughs> you've looked better, Josh. You yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically, when Amber said to me, "I want to do this, but I want to keep working," would you like to be the person? on the ground doing it yeah uh, i've got i've got to say i absolutely jumped at it uh, i think she was quite shocked at how ready i was actually to say yes that sounds amazing and uh, and let's do it yeah fantastic because not everybody gets into property because they hate their job and 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 they want to make a radical immediate change to their <laughs> lifestyle you know sometimes it's about just giving yourself options and flexibility and creating a legacy. And it sounds like you guys have been really forward thinking in terms of, you know, young, young son thinking about what life you guys want to be leading in three years time and five years time. And, 
you know, just giving yourself those those options, I guess. Yeah, this this is it. And um, the the time and the energy that, that I have for him now is it's completely different. And yeah. I'm, I'm so, so lucky that I have the opportunity to contrast how things were with how things are now. I think he, he he's taken to getting up at half five on a Sunday morning. And he did that last Sunday. And that was when I used to get up and do. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. maybe five to six hours of work to get me ready for the week ahead so if jet was doing that uh back then it would have been very stressful whereas now i can i can get up with him okay we're gonna we're gonna play all morning and that's that's great you know yeah. and Fantastic. eventually he'll he'll learn to lie in a bit <laughs> <laughs> so what was it that gave you the confidence to get started from what i can gather neither of you had any kind of background in in, in property or construction <clears throat> or investment or anything like that so you know you started um you started looking at investment areas and stuff back in december you had your first deal accepted in february what was it that gave you the confidence to take that leap and get started in property uh number one the training just 100 yeah. percent. we we had no idea of the model we had no idea of what inflation and capital growth does to the meaning of of debt over time um the the idea of taking out a mortgage on our own house uh because our house was unencumbered yeah. would have been would have been anathema to me at one point but now realizing that we can do that we can use that to invest that money and grow our business and the debt will be eroded over time through inflation and through the capital growth of our house and it's the same with your property business as as well um we just we didn't know any of this we didn't know how to recycle the money we didn't know you could raise funds i'd, I'd never heard of what a joint venture was or what an angel <laughs> investor was these these terms were all completely alien to us and if we hadn't undertaken the training and if we hadn't put ourselves in a network of people who were successful in doing this and, and could help us model that success, then we literally would never have got our foot out of the door because it would have been too too terrifying and too too overwhelming. Absolutely. So I, I'm guessing the fact that you did or you've done six deals in relatively <clears throat> quick succession, it's been quite a sort of cookie cutter exercise for you guys, has it? Did you, you know... I'm guessing you built a relationship with a build team in the area and you've kind of just replicated rinse and repeat the model. Is is that how it's happened? That's how we want it to happen, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely how we want it to happen. Sounds easy, um, doesn't it? <laughs> 
yeah i mean every refurb is a little bit different a couple yeah. of houses that we've bought are incredibly damp uh and need some real works around that some of the others uh, are not and um and just need a new kitchen a new bathroom new floor the classic uh, you know um and as far as build teams gone I, I'm really hoping we can achieve a cookie-cutter uh, approach. I'm hoping we can use the same build team again and again. Um, yeah. We've we've been through a real sort of builder dating process, uh, yeah. and, I've, and I've, I've tried to, you know, alienate as few people as possible through that because you never know when you're going to need someone or, or want to work with that person at some point in the future just because these jobs aren't right for them. Yeah. There might be other things that are, that are ideal for some of the builders that, that we've met, but we've probably been through three, four until we've got to a team where I think we see ourselves in them and then they see themselves in us. You know, they're, they're our kind of age. They're relatively new. They want to scale. I mean, I think the first time I met them, they said, we, we basically, we want to take over the town. You know, we want to do what, what some of these other firms are doing, but we want to do it better. Um, they need to keep growing. They need to keep hiring staff and they're doing that. And what's amazing is because of where they are and where we are, we can potentially grow together and they can build their business around ours so i've i've kind of got them to think more about family homes now uh which is what we're just passionate about rather than maybe the hmos i mean where we invest is i would argue saturated with with hmos so i'm hoping we've found some people we can really work with on a long-term basis but i mean if you'd seen me monday tuesday west wednesday in our investment area i was relentlessly speaking to to new people as well because you just i'd never want to be beholden to a particular team yeah as yeah i think you raise a really good point there and i can totally relate to that myself in my own property journey that this idea that it's not just about plugging a gap and <clears throat> finding a service to match the work that you need it's about it's about partnering with the right people who share your mindset mm. and i know mm. i'm always looking for ambitious people in, in whatever their field might be um I, I think it's really important to to be working with people who are on the same page as you are mm. um and it sounds like you know you guys have have been quite value driven on that front of, you know that's been important to you from the start and you you know you've spent the time really making sure you're working with the right people in your team so i think that's that's a really important message because you know i think it's, it's easy isn't it particularly when you've got a, a you know, you've got a project and you're under time pressure just just to find, you know, the cheapest builder quote that you can get and get them started on the project. And, you know, um, it sounds like you, you you really kind of bought into this idea of building relationships. Yeah, massively, massively. And uh, I'm really grateful for what this this job has taught me in terms of that. I mean, teaching, certainly you do. You 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 manage you manage your team of staff. And you manage the 30 pupils that are in the classroom with you all the time towards success. But what entrepreneurship and, and trying to grow this business has really layered on, on top of that for me has has been amazing. Like it's a whole side of myself that that maybe wasn't there before, which is how important it is to try and build these long term win win uh, symbiotic relationships. Um, you know this team because they can offer refurbs and and they can manage the property and they have a sourcer as well who who I've bought at least one from so far and we're looking at others when you when you really mesh with someone like that you can 
you can bring some of those costs down and you can get higher returns on investment at the same yeah. time as, as working towards your goals. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a win-win at the moment. Yeah. And those relationships, it takes time, doesn't it? It takes time and effort to, to get to that stage. But, but when you start finding the right people to, mm. um, to sort of build your dream and, and your business around, things start to really gain momentum for you. And am I right in thinking it might have been the one you teased us with earlier, um, but one of your most recent deals came <laughs> off market, right, through, through those relationships yep. that, you, that you've been talking about? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And um, ba- basically, yeah, they, they sourced us a property. It's on a street that, that we're already on and we love it. It's really nice. It has a, a well, it would have been a railway opposite at one point, but now it's a beautiful greenway, you know, yeah. urban urban regeneration uh, in action. And yeah, so as soon as they told us the street and the number, which is about four down from ours, we thought, yeah, we're interested and because there was a relationship there and because it was someone that was going to continue to pick up the phone and because it was off market we had time and the opportunity to really work to something work towards something that was going to going to be a huge win win for for both of us now <clears throat> i won't mention the name of 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 the firm or anything cuz it they probably uh, would prefer it if i if i didn't yeah. um but that will allow me to talk about the deal so it just meant that we could bring the sourcing fee down a little bit it meant that we could cap the the refurb cost and um it means that this this opportunity which did take about three weeks to negotiate um we leveraged uh the properties that we already had um so they will get to manage uh the properties that that we already have and any future ones that they source for us potentially um it just means that this this opportunity is probably going to be potentially even 100% ROI, certainly yeah. certainly 50 plus. So yeah, that's certainly the the thing I'm proudest of so far, um, the phases that we went through in order to get to that win-win. Um, yeah, it was a great process. Yeah, that's the key. Win, win-win scenario, isn't it? If you, if you can get to that point, then um, you know you know you've got uh, you've got an exciting opportunity on your hands. So just um, just give us the highlights of that project then. So what what sort of property is it? Uh, what sort of state was it in when you found it, and what are your plans for it? Yeah, so so this is an interesting one. It's um, we we bought one tenanted property early on, and we sort of learned how that can be a bit stickier in terms of 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 money left in and if the substantial refurb works that need to be done how are you then going to do that so once we bought one tenanted property we we largely shied away from it however with this one which is tenanted it was there was just a lot of variables in place that meant no i think i think this could really work so um their family is two doors down so next door to the other house that that we have um it's a two-bed terrace it could potentially be turned into a free but i mean the revaluation should be great with a two-bed it's um it it it, it fell to the current landlord because i believe um <clears throat> there was a there was a death in the family right. So she is the owner is out of area and really doesn't want much to do with it. She just wants to sell it for a price that she considers to be reasonable. And it is a great price. Yeah. It's a really it's a really great price. The 
tenants are more than happy for the refurbishment works uh, that need to be done for the revaluation that that we desire. They're more than happy for those to take place, which is a new, basically just a new kitchen, a new bathroom, and a bit of a bit of plastering. They're even happy to contribute to those costs and have been waiting to do the work themselves, um, but haven't been able to communicate effectively with previous landlords, so have have basically paused it. Um, so really it should be a very small refurb we've we've actually capped our costs on the refurb at about 2.5k um yeah, and and the revaluation i mean we're going to buy it for 56 and it should easily revalue at, at 75 um they've also offered us free management of that property not not the other five but of that property for a year just as an extra sweetener into the deal so you know this was a really interesting process so you know we we had a deal on the table we made some suggestions and we kind of stepped away they came back to us with some counter suggestions and we stepped away and thought about it and 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 we just worked through that over two to three weeks and it, it really works for them because um I, I mean, I was stood outside their offices the other day and, and there was three or four people uh, waiting because they want to rent houses. And yeah. so so they need they need that stock. Uh, we're bringing that stock for them yeah. to manage and to let. And we're going to continue to buy from them, especially if they can help us source source more excellent properties like that. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great deal. Fantastic. I mean, so we have an expression that you make your money when you buy. Um, and, it, and it sounds like you've done exactly that in this case because relatively small refurb. So you would think minimal uplift in, in the end value. But the fact that you've presumably secured this property at such a good price um, and, and you've been clear on your, your done up value getting into the process um, has, has sort of guaranteed you that, that, that uplift without having to do uh, any, any kind of major refurbishment work. Yeah, and I think that's really uh I mean, I was waking up to off-market before this, especially yeah. with things being as hot as they are in the open market. But I think that really switched me on to the power of off-market and the much greater ability that, that gives one to, to work towards something that, that can give a much higher return on investment. So I, I still do on-market viewings, and I did uh, four or five last time I was up, and someone's viewing an on-market property for me today in our investment area. But I'm, I'm pushing hard on, on the off-market opportunities now. Yeah, no, sounds great. So um, how often – so how, how far away are you from your investment area? How far do you live from where you invest? It's 280 miles. Okay, so it's it's a trek. It's it's quite a it's, commitment for you. It's, to, a, uh, it's a fair old schlep, especially depending on what the M6 is doing on yeah. any particular day. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, it might seem like a strange question because you probably feel immersed in your own learning curve right now, having only really just sort of getting started, and you're still in in the uh, you still got a number of refurb projects on the go and and, yeah. and going through refinance and that kind of thing. So. But I'm interested in what advice you would have for anybody else that's looking to get started right now and, and feels that the market is not friendly to them at the moment um, and, and, and potentially is 
for want of a better term, getting in their own way, you know, in terms of uh, potentially making excuses and reasons not to to start investing in property in the current conditions. What advice would you have to somebody who's getting started at the moment? Yeah, I mean, um, as you say, we're we're very early on in our in our journey, and I certainly. You know, I, I feel a lot easier about the term success when we've actually been through a full property life cycle yeah. and we've we've re, we've let one out and we've refinanced and everything. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll try and I'll try and convey any advice I might I might have to offer. Um, I think you have to. You know, uh, what was I listening to the other day? God, it must have been an old podcast because it was it was Mark Zuckerberg. But what he was talking about was how what was his phrase? Uh, Move fast and break things. So that was that was (laughs) that was his mantra when he was first when he was first really scaling his initial businesses. You know, perfection is not a word that that people like like. Zuckerberg are interested in and it's definitely not a word that that I'm interested in perfection can be very limiting very limiting uh, because it comes with with a kind of inherent sense of being risk averse you know you're trying to line everything up um, brilliantly um, before you take that initial step because you think that that's necessary and actually you will do your best learning and you will develop so much more when you do things that you are not completely prepared for now i don't i don't mean to be be unprepared yeah you know, be 80 percent prepared be 90 percent prepared find an area that's going to work for you that's going to cash flow or or if cash flow is not the most important thing to you that that's going to give great capital growth whatever do the research but then take the action and if you don't feel a bit like you feel when you're going down a big roller coaster and that lightness in your stomach and everything then i would say you've waited too long you know you should you should be you should be a bit scared when you when you take those initial steps um if if you're not then you've over prepared and that's not the end of the world but it does mean that you're not going to grow and learn and scale as quickly as as you could have done so you 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 do have to take action and then that action needs to be consistent. Uh, you will get knocks. Um, you know, Amber's had several times where she needs to, she's had to sit me down and just say, you're doing great. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're doing great. Okay, you've not had an offer accepted yet, but look at what you have done. Look yeah. at what you have achieved. Look at yeah. some of the people that you've got in front of in the time that you've been going to our investment area. Yeah. Keep, keep going because yeah. you, you have no idea how near you are to yeah. that to that initial success and then once you start to get some success um subsequent successes become a bit easier um so yeah the the action is the action is key the the ability to take that first step is key and to to recognize the uncomfortableness and to know that that's when you're growing i think that's really important yeah that's such a strong message and it's kind of the reason that i led into that little bit asking you about the distance that you have to travel just because i know the amount of action that you guys have taken and you know i think that's such an important message that you know you don't have to be perfect it's yes there's there's a model there's a process that we follow but 
but there's but equally there's not a one size fits all approach to this everybody's goals are different every deal is different every property is different and it's looking at that on its own merit i mean i might be guilty of um applying a bit of a stereotype here but it's um it seems like an interesting mindset this idea of sort of having that feeling in your stomach where you know it's that idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable i guess mm. coming from someone with a maths teacher background, it's it seems like, you know, and I'm not saying you haven't been uh, incredibly analytical with your deals. I'm sure you have, but sometimes people <laughs> with that 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 analytical mindset, if you like, can actually, it's 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 what do they call it? It's paralysis through analysis, and it sounds like you've sort of you, you you've you've got that mindset of actually no. Sometimes you've you've just got to get out there and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, I've got a an amazing secret weapon in my back pocket which is which is my incredible wife yeah. <laughs> who who deals with investments all all day long and who who understands she understands my limitations very very well which is that i love to take action i love to execute i love to make things happen i love to get things done so yeah. i'm very big picture and uh she knows that my detail work isn't as good and and I'm aware of that. So we we definitely we keep tabs on that. And she asks me a lot of good questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say uh, I don't always think they're good at the end of a long day. Or <laughs> um, but it's an amazing you know without without her we'd have probably made some horrific mistakes. And I'd like to think without me we would never have scaled as quickly as as we have. So yeah, um, and and a lot of couples that do this together seem to be like that. There's a yeah. there's a there's a symbiotic, complementary yeah. thing going on there. And uh, and yeah, if it, if it's just you and and you know what what your weaknesses or your limitations are, I mean, there's I'm sure there's loads of people out there that would that would lo love to have a business partner. So you know, find someone that maybe has some complementary skill sets. Yeah. That's it. I mean, when you're investing in a couple and we invest as a couple, my wife and I, and um, in a sense, you've got a ready-made joint venture, uh, yeah. partner, haven't you? And, and the key to a successful, any successful joint venture is to understand what each person, each party is bringing to the table. So it sounds like you guys have got that really nailed down, which is which is fantastic. So what's next for you guys then? I know, you, you know, you're still, like you say, mid-cycle um with with the projects that you've got on the go um so you'll be you'll be working hard to get those across the line i would imagine but have you have you got any thoughts as to your sort of strategy route map where you might go from here what what's next for you guys yeah so um this is the kind of thing that i love to think about you know the big the big vision and, and where are we trying yeah. to where are we trying to take this to um, and I find that really motivating to sit down and do those exercises. You can possibly even see just behind my shoulder our, our big whiteboard here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we have written up our, our, our goals. And it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a 2.5 prong strategy, I would say, which is, uh, the main two things, are we want to really scale this buy to let portfolio, um, you know, any any buy to let is is going to cash flow somewhere in the range of 150 to 300 pounds per month. Um, so I just think it's important to really consider scale always when you're doing that. If this, if you want to turn this into a business that you can live off and take dividends from and 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 create a legacy from, so 
we'd love to get another five or six this year as yeah. in this calendar year and then potentially scale that further by purchasing portfolios uh, after that point what we've got running alongside this is a higher cash flow strategy of serviced accommodation and mark i don't want to embarrass you but you've been a huge inspiration with <laughs> with what i see you doing in serviced accommodation Very i remember good. the first time the first few times i would listen to you speak about the strategy which i'd never heard of before and i would just think this guy is he's a wizard. <laughs> How does he do this? This is amazing. <laughs> I want to try this, <laughs> but I'm going to watch him very closely and, and, and see if I can get as many tips as possible. So uh, we've got a coastal area that's about an hour away from our buy to let area. And uh, we've bought a big detached property there. And uh, I've just been, this This was hard for me because this was very detail orientated, but I've, I've just spec'd the whole thing out, designed it all out. And a lot of what I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week was, was meeting different potential referred teams there and getting a bit of a tender process going because that's going to be a very high spec space where we're going to be welcoming large groups on a per night basis and we're, we're looking for some high cash flow from that once we get it online so yeah those are the two main wings of our strategy and then we're just looking to grow our social media presence as well which is a bit of a slow burner so far i have to admit <laughs> well that sounds really exciting it's uh well as you say it's a strategy close to my to my own heart and um i'm, I'm really excited to see how you guys move into that space because i think it's a really exciting area uh, generally and um, I'm sure, given the um, you know the, the action and, and the commitment that you've thrown into your buy to let portfolio so far, we can only only expect to see big things from you in, in service accommodation as well. And um, I think it's really exciting to see that project develop. So um, it's been absolutely fabulous talking to you, to you, Josh. I, I, I can highly imagine actually this will become uh, an episode that we will revisit. Um, because obviously you guys are, are only just starting out and that's kind of why I wanted to speak to you. But um, I'd imagine, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to perhaps getting you on again in six months time or a year's time and, and, and seeing the, uh, the fantastic progress that you've made um, in that time. And hopefully Amber will be able to join us as well. And um, we'll see where you guys are up to at that point, because, um, yeah, I think I, I think it's a watch this space with you guys massively. Oh, well, thank you very much. We, you know, this has been an absolute pleasure. I know Amber will love to to come on in, in the future. And just thanks to the whole PWS community, because without that network of really inspiring people around us, um, we certainly wouldn't wouldn't be where we are today. And, and we're very excited for what's to come. So you, you mentioned about your um, your social media profiles and uh, you're trying to boost your, your sort of following there and Hopefully, when this this episode airs, that will help with that in a, in a small way. So, um, how can people find you? How can people reach out to you or on social media and, and any other way? Yeah, so we're we're on Instagram. That's uh, AJ Cole Properties, uh, or if you search Josh Cole, you'll you'll find me as well. And uh, we're on Facebook uh, too. Uh, again, AJ Cole Properties or Josh Cole. Um, Instagram is public, so just go right ahead and follow us. And uh, Facebook um, is your just request, and uh, I'll definitely approve it. And uh, yeah, DM me as well. I, I mean, it, this can be a lonely game, and uh, I love just speaking to people about where they're at with things so far, and see seeing if I can help in any small way, um, because. 
uh, yeah, being an entrepreneur, if, if we want to call it that, is, is not easy. And, and the more we all work together, um, the, the better we can do. Absolutely. Josh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, best of luck with, the, with all the projects you've got on the go at the moment. And um, I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Take care. I absolutely loved recording that episode. There's no question in my mind that Josh and Amber will become powerhouse investors in property. And I can't wait to check in with them again in the next few months. Make sure that you do jump on and follow them on social media. It's a great opportunity to follow their journey. And Josh mentioned the PWS community. Why not come and join the conversation over on Facebook? You can connect with Josh, Amber, myself, and a whole host of other active property investors and mentors over on the Property Wealth System community page. Last but not least, please give us a like and a follow wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you do get a minute to leave us a short review on your podcast platform of choice, that will just help make it easier for other people to discover the podcast too. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.